for life. Let's do it. We're going to talk about Thomas Sowell Sowell, misconceptions about slavery. Slavery. Nowhere have intellectuals seen racial issues as issues about intertemporal abstractions more so than in discussions of slavery. Moreover, few facts of history have been so distorted by highly selective filtering as has the history of slavery. To many people today, slavery means white people holding black people in bondage. The vast millions of people around the world who were neither white nor black, but who were either slaves or enslavers for centuries, fade out of this vision of slavery as if they had never existed, even though they may well have outnumbered both blacks and whites. Okay. What the actual fuck has slavery in different places have to do with slavery in America? Like, already I'm, I'm like, what is... So I don't care. Like, if, if, like... Okay. All right. All right. Slavery is commonplace. I don't understand why people keep talking about slavery in America. You're, an, you're a black American. Thomas Sowell. African-American. Why do people always talk about slavery in America? Because you're an American. Like, I don't, I don't get this. It has been estimated that there were more slaves in India than in the entire Western Hemisphere. China, during the era of slavery, has been described as one of the largest and most comprehensive markets for the exchange of human beings in the world. Slaves were a majority of the population in some of the cities in Southeast Asia. At some period or other in history, as John Stuart Mill pointed out, almost every people now civilized have consisted, in majority, of slaves. When Abraham Lincoln said, If slavery is not wrong, nothing is wrong, he was expressing an idea peculiar to Western civilization at that time, and by no means universally accepted throughout Western civilization. What seems almost incomprehensible today is that there was no serious challenge to the moral legitimacy of slavery prior to the 18th century. Christian monasteries in Europe and Buddhist monasteries in Asia both had slaves. Even Thomas More's fictional ideals... Where is this going? Where? This, I, this sounds like slave apologia. Is this what this is? Is, is he excusing slavery right now? Where are we going with this? Slavery is wrong. So, like, I don't understand, like, why we're talking about fucking slavery in China and other places. Like, China, slavery in China is wrong. Like, I don't understand what... Okay. Society, Utopia, had slaves. Although intellectuals today may condemn slavery as a historic evil of our society, what was peculiar about Western society was not that it had slaves, like other societies around the world, but that it was the first civilization to turn against slavery, and that it spent more than a America was the last. Literally, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a thing of note that amongst all the, the nations that actually had slavery, America was one of the last to end slavery century destroying slavery, not only within Western civilization itself, but also in other countries around the world, over the often bitter and sometimes armed resistance of people in other societies. Only the overwhelming military power of Western nations during the age of imperialism made this possible. 
Slavery did not quietly die out of its own accord. It went down fighting to the bitter end in countries around the world, and it has still not totally died in out America. to this day in parts of the Middle East and Africa. It is the image of racial slavery, white people enslaving black people, that has been indelibly burned into the consciousness of both black and white Americans today by the intelligentsia. And not no, no, it, it, it's, it's not by intelligentsia. It's because the country was founded by slave owners, by capitalist land-owning, land-having slave owners. And because of that, and also going back before then, the first Black Codes, because the uh, Bacon's Rebellion, I believe, after, because of Bacon's Rebellion, because of white indentured servants and black slaves coming together against the capitalists, that's when you start getting the first black codes. That's when the emphasis on race became a thing. Like, it's not intelligentsia, it is culture, it is historical facts. Like, if half of the slave owners were black then th things would have been different and also the slaves that they had were both black and white things would would be different but it wasn't the situation overwhelmingly the people who owned slaves were white overwhelmingly the people who were slaves were black so this it's not intelligentsia it's it's historical fact and culture which is reinforced by namely white people It'll be, you'll be very hard pressed to find a black person who is pro-Confederate. There are, they, they do exist because it's America, but it's hard, pre you'll be hard pressed to find them. Who do you find who reps uh, the Confederate flag? White people. Why? Because they benefited from it. Why? Because chiefly the people who owned slaves were white people. Like, I don't understand this whole thing. Like, it's the intelligentsia. It's the intelligentsia Confederate people who want to keep the, 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 the statues and wave the flag forever. Not simply as a fact about the past, but as a causal factor used to explain much of the present and an enduring moral condemnation of the enslaving race. Yet two crucial facts have been filtered out of this picture. One, the institution of slavery was not based on race. And two, whites as well as black. No, no, it, it was. It was. The, what was the Atlantic slave trade. Like, you got black people over from Africa, West Africa, to come here. Like, I don't understand... Now, if we wanted to talk about servitude in general, yes, he is right. Because before we had white and endangered servants, but they had, it was like a sentence. They had like seven, 10 years or whatever to pay back their debts in order to become free citizens. When you were a slave, that wasn't the case. You were a slave forever and your children were slaves forever, unless your master let you go. We're enslaved. The very word slave is derived from the name of a European people, Slavs, who were enslaved for centuries before the first African was brought in bondage oh, to the Western this is Hemisphere. slave apologia. It was not only in English that the word for slave derived Kill me from now. the word for Slav. The same was true in various other European languages and in Arabic. 
For most of the history of slavery, which covers most of the history of the human race, most slaves were not racially different from those who enslaved them. Not only did Europeans... Okay, the difference between traditional slavery, if we want to get into slavery, the, the difference between slavery in America and slavery elsewhere is that if you were a slave elsewhere, you weren't considered inferior. You weren't considered like... You were considered property and all that, but you weren't inherently inferior. It wasn't like you are supposed to be a slave because of your intrinsic uh, nature, because of who you are as a person. Like that wasn't the case. The, the difference between that slavery and slavery in America is that it was constantly reinforced. Biblically, there were people who are fundamentalist Christians in the past who 100% believed that black people were descendants. I forgot which, which of the brothers, I believe, I want to say Seth. Um, let me, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Let's look it up. Let's learn. Okay. We're going to learn together. Ah, okay. It was Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Okay. So which one? Japheth. Okay. So Japheth was considered the descendant of black people. So he was supposed to be the slave to Shem and Shem is supposed to be from, uh, supposed to be from white people. Shem was white people. Ham is Asian people and Japheth is supposed to be black people, right? Or is it the curse of Ham? Uh-huh. There we go. All right. So it's Ham. Ham is supposed to serve. Um, yeah, this is just, it's, there we go. Here we go. The curse of Ham. But later centuries, the narrative was interpreted by some Christians, Muslims, and Jews as an explanation for black skin, as well as justification for slavery. So that's the thing. Like before, if you were a slave, it was usually because of like you were a criminal or you were a spoil of war. That's why you were a slave. But if you were black in America, it was because of who you are. Like you're like a low animal. And there was tons of false science and um, biblical scripture that reinforced that. That's the crucial difference. There wasn't like a hatred or whatever between someone who was a master and a slave prior to that. Then within America, there was this idea of you're, you're like this low beast, you're inferior, like you need the, it's the white man's burden to, to, to guide you, you know, with chains and the whip. You know, it's, 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 it's really, I'm doing you a favor for beating you and, um, you know, using you and your children as labor because I'm intelligent and you are able just to do all the heavy lifting. Since Europeans, Asians enslaved other Asians, Africans enslaved other Africans, Polynesians enslaved other Polynesians, and the indigenous peoples of the Western Hemisphere enslaved other indigenous peoples of the Western Hemisphere. Moreover, 
after it became both technologically and economically feasible to transport masses of slaves from one continent to another, that is, to have a whole population of slaves of a different race, Europeans as well as Africans were enslaved and transported from their native lands to bondage on another continent. Pirates alone transported a million Europeans as slaves to the Barbary coast of North Africa, at least twice as many European slaves as there were African slaves transported to the United States and to the thirteen colonies from which it was formed. Moreover, white slaves were still being bought and sold in the Islamic world decades after blacks had been freed in the United States. What marked the modern era of slavery in the West was the fact that, as distinguished historian Daniel Borston pointed out, now, for the first time in Western history, the status of slave coincided with the difference of race. But to claim that race or racism was the basis of slavery is to cite as a cause something that happened thousands of years after. No, no, no one is saying that. No one's saying that the base of slavery is based on race. No one is saying that. The base of slavery is capitalism. It's cheap, free labor. I have land, I have crops, and I don't want to pay someone to pick it. And also, picking cotton is very labor-intensive. You, you would get your hands cut up, and, and there are pictures of slaves that, because they were picking so much that their hands actually became like very like narrow, like so that it will be easier to go in and pick because of just the shaving, because of just years of the harshness of the plant just cutting away at their, their skin. Like, it's because of capitalism, that's the base. That's why 1619 is such a huge threat to um, like the American story because it wasn't because of race, it was because of capitalism, it's because of money, it's because people who privately owned the means of production didn't want to pay for labor. It's supposed a fact. As for the legacy of slavery in the world of today, that is something well worth investigating, as distinguished oh, from simply making... Oh, it is, it is worth investigating, but now, you know, Trump and everyone else, they don't, they don't want to look at it anymore. Oh, oh, it's based off of race. Oh, let's look into it. Oh, it's based off of capitalism. Oh, no, we got to close that down. Making sweeping assumptions. Too many assumptions that have been made about the effects of slavery on both blacks and whites will not stand up under scrutiny. Back during the era of slavery in the United States, such prominent writers as the French visitor and observer Alexis de Tocqueville, northern traveler in the antebellum south, Frederick Law Olmsted, and prominent Southern writer Hinton Helper all pointed to striking differences between the North and the South, and attributed the deficiencies of the Southern region to the effects of slavery on the white population of the South. These differences between Northern and Southern whites were not merely perceptions or stereotypes, they were factually demonstrable in areas ranging from literacy rates to rates of unwed motherhood, as well as in attitudes toward work and violence. But attributing these differences to slavery ignored the fact that the ancestors of white Southerners differed in these same ways from the ancestors of white Northerners, when they both lived in different parts of Britain and when neither had ever seen a black slave. What? 
Does the moral enormity of slavery give it any more decisive causal weight in explaining the situation of blacks today than it did in explaining that of whites in the antebellum South? There is no a priori answer to that question, which must be examined empirically, like many other questions. The fact that so many black families today consist of women with fatherless children has been oh. said by many to be a legacy of slavery. You son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Um, th listen. That is literally within the last couple of decades due to mass incarceration. If you go back to 1965, the amount of women who didn't have uh, children uh, who the amount of women who had children but didn't have a, a husband were 20% according to Tori Hadley I'm quoting her now it's 70% why because you had the crack epidemic and then you had laws that cracked down on crack and didn't crack down a lot on cocaine and then on top of all of that you have mass incarceration and then over policing and then you have people who are too poor in order to um, defend themselves, so they just give in to uh, plea deals. Like, Yet most black children grew up in two-parent families, even under slavery itself, and yeah. for generations thereafter. Yeah. As recently as 1960, two-thirds of black children were still living in two-parent families. Yeah. A century ago, a slightly higher percentage of blacks were married than were whites. Okay. In some years, a slightly higher percentage of blacks were in the labor force than were whites. Okay. The reasons for changes for the worse in these and other patterns. So, so, so where's the culture? Like, right now, everyone's like, oh, you know, the problem with a uh, black uh, community is the culture, it's the culture, it's the culture. But right now, this guy is talking about how, like, there are, like, more, like, married couples and more black people working. What changed? What happened? What, what, what sort of policy was enacted that disrupted this, this pro-conservative uh, family-first culture? Must be sought in our own times. Whatever the reasons for the disintegration of the black family, it escalated to the current disastrous level. For whatever reason, he came up with so many reasons to basically whitewash slavery in America. He went all the way back to where the word slave comes from Slavic and all this other kind of stuff. He did all of this work, all of this work. And then when it comes to, well, how come things are getting worse for black people and it's not getting worse for white people? Who knows? I mean, do you know? I don't know. We, who knows? Who knows? Where? Who? Who am I? Where? Huh? Well over a century after the end of slavery, though less than a generation after a large expansion of the welfare state and its accompanying non-judgmental ideology. Seriously? Really? Oh, it's the welfare state. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's because, you know, everything was great. And then the government started giving black people money. And you know, the men were like, you know what? I'd rather be a slave. I'd rather just get beaten. 
I'd rather not have any benefits. I'd rather just be given the scraps that my master give me than be able to be a free independent man who gets extra income to take care of myself, my family. It's the welfare state. When you give poor people money, it makes their lives worse. If you give rich people money, it makes everyone's life better. To say that slavery will not bear the full weight of responsibility for all subsequent social problems among black Americans is not to say that it had negligible consequences among either blacks or whites, or that its consequences ended when slavery itself ended. But this is only to say that answers to questions about either slavery or race must be sought in facts, not in assumptions or visions, and certainly not in attempts to reduce questions of causation to only those which provide moral melodramas and an opportunity for the intelligentsia to be on the side of the angels. Just as Western Europeans in post-Roman times benefited from the fact that their ancestors had been conquered by the Romans, with all the brutality and oppression that entailed, blacks in America today have a far higher standard oh, of living. Oh, what? Are you sitting here? I, let me go back. Are you sitting here saying that black people should be grateful for being conquered and enslaved the same as when Romans conquered and enslaved Europe. Is that what you're saying right now? Because what you're saying is nowhere near, you can't compare the two. Because, oh God, oh God. Okay, okay. Like this this doesn't make any sense. Okay, here's, here's the reason. Uh, if, if, if you're a historian, like you're also losing your shit right now because it doesn't make any sense. Like slavery in America is different from slavery in Rome. When Rome expanded its borders and took over land, it, they were like, okay, we've defeated your army. We're going to start investing in, in you. You're Roman now. We, we're going to give you citizenship. We're going to give you indoor plumbing. We're going to give you roads. We're going to do all of these sorts of things. And yes, was it still on some level oppressive? Yes. But to, to compare it to Rome, Romans going into like, for example, Germany, setting up a post capturing Germans, bringing them to the heart of Rome, and then having them work as slaves for the rest of their lives and their children's lives and their children's children's lives forever is completely different. It's completely different. Like, I don't know. And I was a little bit worried. And this is a book, this link to book in description. This is a book made by Thomas Sowell, where he just completely whitewashes slavery, completely bastardizes uh, Roman slavery and slavery in Europe, and just completely misses the mark and does slave apologia for the right. Like, it's just so bizarre to like listen to this because like, 
Let's finish this. Let's just finish this. ...than most Africans in Africa as a result of their ancestors being enslaved, with all the injustices and abuses that entailed. There is no question that both conquest and enslavement were traumatic experiences for those on whom they were inflicted, nor is either morally justified by whatever benefits might come of this to subsequent generations of their offspring. But history cannot be undone, nor does conceiving of races as intertemporal abstractions have any such track record as to make it look like a promising approach to the present or the future. Okay, I it's it's just like the sheer ignorance. The sheer ignorance is just. I mean, there's money to be made. There's there's money to be made. There there's so much pressure to just make white people feel good for past injustices. And here's the thing. If you're a white person and you feel guilty or you think that you should feel guilty about slavery or any of that kind of stuff, you shouldn't. No more than Italians should feel guilty for the Roman Empire. You want to know why? There's a difference between Italians and Romans. There is a difference between you know, the slave owners of before and people today. There's difference between Christopher Columbus and white people today. Like every, like, like right-wingers are like caring about Christopher, Christopher Columbus. He's not even American. Why do you give a shit if a bunch of lefties throw him into the ocean? Why? Because he's white. That's what it is. That's what it is. You can, you know, have this huge, like, a uh, uh, bunch of excuses for it, because that's what it is. But at the end of the day, Christopher Columbus is just a white guy. And the idea of a white guy being dethroned and tossed into the ocean, you identify with. That's nothing, because if, if, if you're an American, fuck Christopher Columbus. It's a fucking foreigner. Who gives a fuck about him? But if you're white, he represents exploration. He represents being exceptional. He represents, you know, that sort of like white imperialism. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't see this. I was just like, I don't know. Because like you hear about Thomas Sowell and you just think like, oh my God, he must, because he's such a, a huge figure on the right. Like you're just like, oh my God, he must, he must be like amazing. And then you sit and you listen to him. It's just like, this is slave apologia. He's apologizing for slavery. He's making excuses for slavery. That's it. Okay, then what? So that's it. Like I said, leave a like and subscribe. Thanks for helping me out. I'm gonna say no to that. No.